Welcome to the Dwell Church Sermon Archive. Dwell is a family defined by the love of God and committed to giving it away. Here is this week's message. So I'm excited this morning. Uh, we get to talk about the reason for the season, right? We're talking about Jesus' birth, which is a great time. Um, it's Christmas season. It's Christmas, uh, you know, the holiday season. Uh, I love Christmas. I love uh, December, my birthday month. It's like a basketball month. Christmas is here. Elvin and I got married in December. There's a lot of great things and that I, I really enjoy Christmas, right? Listening to Christmas music, music as early as possible, even though Josh is always like, you know, he's a, a stand for waiting until December 1st or something boring like that. Um, I love Christmas. I'm always listening to music, right? I'm drinking wassail on hot chocolate. If you say wassail, you're probably like a narc or something. Uh, you know, Elva and I, we always decorate early. Uh, we have the fun, like colorful lights um, because we're basically still kids. Like that was my thing growing up. Like one year my mom got her Christmas. It was warm, beautiful, golden lights. One year the kids were like at the go crazy and it was colorful lights. So every year we alternated. Uh, and so we were always the fun Christmas. Uh, last week, we went and cut down our tree uh, for the first time, actually cutting a real tree. I mean, what a magical time. It was like blizzarding. It was just beautiful. America has ingrained me as well. Like, I love going to a mall and the Christmas music and then, like, families are shopping. I'm not even there to buy anything. I'm just there to, like, people watch and listen to music and look in the stores. Uh, it's a beautiful time. I love it. Some of you right now probably heard me just say that. I'm like, that's my little nightmare. I do everything online now. Uh, and that's okay. And some of you are thinking colorful lights. That's gross. It's tacky. We only have pretty and warm golden lights. Um, and it's okay. Like, we can still get along whether or not you're fun or you're not fun. Like, uh, but I'm just joking, right? I'm a kid, remember? So, um, but I think there's another reason that I actually love Christmas season. And I don't think I've truly thought about it. Um, until, uh, really, I was doing this sermon, and, and really, it's kind of recently when, when Josh and, and Dwell has really been focusing on hope, um, and I think it's hope. Like, that's another reason I really love the Christmas season. Think about it. As a kid, you know, you, you uh, are always hoping for, like, that one present that you've been w- looking forward to the whole year. Like, you're just hoping that, that your parents or your, your Santa or grandparents are going to get you this gift you've been looking forward to. You're waiting all year. The hope becomes more tangible the closer you get to Christmas. You start seeing the presents under the tree. You shake them when your parents aren't looking. Maybe that was just me. Like, you know, like, and I, I mean, like, my wife literally went and, and peeked at her presents uh, yesterday, and I was like, come on, Alva, I told you, don't look under the bed over here. But that hope just overcomes us sometimes. Like, I want to make sure I get my Christmas present. As an adult, it maybe swaps to, like, oh, I just hope for a couple days off. I hope to, to be able to rest some. I hope to just sit by a fire, drink a hot cup of cocoa. I never say cocoa unless I want to be like a cozy person. I'm like, oh, hot, warm cup of cocoa. <laughs> Normally, like, hey, can you give me some hot chocolate? Doesn't that sound like pleasant and like nice? Maybe you're hoping to see your family. Maybe you're hoping to see maybe your kids, or your grandkids, your grandparents, your parents. Elva and I are lucky enough this year, actually, that we have family coming from both sides to spend, spend some holiday time with us. My parents are coming, uh, actually, Tuesday. And that's rare when you have, we have family on two different continents. It's rare for everyone, right? It's hard to get your family to come together. And even as joyous as that will be, 
we, can, we still hope for something better. My brother and his family, they're not going to come. They're not able to come. Elva's brother and her family, they're not going to be able to come. Both of us actually have the pain of losing family. My sister, Abby, who passed away. Elva's dad, Alstor, who passed away. Neither one of them will be there. You know, there's something about the Christmas season that is so, so filled with hope and joy, but also can be such a painful reminder of loss. Even as small as our church is, I know that many of us here have felt this pain and know this pain of like in the holiday season. And we need something to hope for. We need something to hold on to, something that promises a better future. I mean, look at our books, look at our movies, our entertainment that get produced. Like what does Lord of the Rings, The Hunger Games, Interstellar, and Top Gun all have in common? It's hope. Like in Top Gun, we see Maverick, who's like the main protagonist, is protagonist the right one? Yeah, that's the good guy, right? The main protagonist, he's like, uh, he's talking, and they're talking about this impossible mission, and they're like, just train them to get it done. And he's like, they have to believe they're, have, they're coming home. They have to believe they can make it through this. There's another common theme in these movies, though, as well. It's loss. You look at Frodo in, in Lord of the Rings, and he faces suffering and watches friends die, all on the hope that something could be accomplished. Cooper from Interstellar, he leaves his family, he misses their entire lives just for the hope of, 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 you know, finding a better future. And so we see in this first Christmas that hope comes down to us. We didn't even know what to hope for until Jesus gave us a reason to hope. And so that's why I'm excited this morning to talk to you uh, about what this hope is and what this hope can mean to you individually and what it can, can really uh, guide in your life. And so first we have a hope that came to earth. In, in verse 2, uh, it says, or sorry, verse 1, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Aquarius was the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up, also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they, were, while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay. Have you ever wanted a little bit more detail? Even if it, like, when, like, in some of these scriptures and uh, stories in the Bible, like, even if there was no biblical reason to add detail, like, can we just get a little bit more detail for some, like, you know, some background here? Like, this is kind of chaotic, what's happening right here. Like, I love it's such a mundane way of explaining what's happening. Like, Luke, and it's also recorded in Matthew, they're basically saying, so Joseph has to travel here because of the census, and yes, Mary was pregnant during this time, uh, and so, so she obviously went with them, and you know, there's a census, there's a lot of people, so there's no room in the inn, and yeah, Jesus was born in the cows. Like, if you asked a preacher or a scholar or anyone who believes in Jesus today, hey, we want you to write about the birth of Jesus, it would be like a 500-page book about all these details they have in common, right? If you had Joseph or Mary write this story, can you imagine, like, Joseph's like, man, Mary wanted to stop every quarter mile just to eat something. Like, she would not stop wanting food, you know, and it made our trip go two more extra days. The trip was uh, taken about four to seven days. Mary's probably like, Joseph kept pulling the donkey over the rocks. He wasn't even trying to make it smooth trip for me. Like, you would have all these, like, juicy details, right? Joseph, please get the goat to shut up. Like, he's waking Jesus. Like, I'm just tired. I'm sleeping in the manger. Like, can you give me some, like, exposition, some imagery here? 
Okay, maybe not exactly that, but every now and then it would be nice to have a little bit extra, right? We know this is a big moment. We know it's filled with, uh, you know, it's not filled with very exciting details yet, but we know something crazy is happening right here. Jesus is coming to earth uh, as, a, as a baby. He's born through Mary, and so we see that not only presently we see Jesus being born, but this has been something that's been foretold years and years and years before. Isaiah 7, for, or a hope fulfilled so that a, hope new, a new hope could be born. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Micah 5, 2 says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth me, one who is to be a ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. We see these prophecies. They were about 700 years before Jesus came. Like This is like twice as long as America has even been around. If you think about how long and how ancient these prophecies were foretold that Jesus was coming, that a Savior was going to come. Like, and God had even planned this even longer, but the people had started hearing through God's prophet, prophets that this Savior, the hope of a Savior was to come. And so for 700 years, you see these people who are expecting this and, and, and planning on this, but they, they, it's a hope, right? It's like, it's been for 700 years. Imagine how, like, dwindled that hope could become. But we see all a plan that the hope of the Savior is coming, and it is here, and that is Jesus of Nazareth. This bore a new hope. We, ha- we know now that the Savior was here. This bore a new hope of a hope of salvation. A joyous hope that everyone should know. Verse 8 says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be your for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, an, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see that this thing has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. The time is now. These shepherds just had like this wildest experience, right? You got, you know, all these dudes out in the field with their sheep, and you see this chaotic, this crazy thing happens, right? Angels come. They're saying, the Savior's here. The hope is resolved. It's, it's here now. We have the Savior. Jesus is here. You have a multitude saying, this great joy is to be in your life now, and it is for all the people. We see this, this group of people come in contact, colliding with Jesus. The good news is for everyone. It's for all the people, and they should go and witness it and share it with those. The shepherds run to Jesus to witness the Savior in person. Like, you can't rain on their, their parade. They go see Jesus and Joseph and Mary. 
They just literally got serenaded by a group of heavenly hosts. It's a celebration. The shepherds are living in this joy of the hope and a promise of a Savior who was just born. Like, have you ever felt that way in your salvation? Maybe when you first came to know Christ. Maybe when you first got saved, you were so ecstatic, like you were so overcome with my God, the joy I have with this salvation of, of who you brought me in, of like you have come and forgiven me of my sin, and I have this like overwhelming joy of being in the presence of Jesus. When we clash into God's uh, presence, when we collide with Jesus' love and joy, we don't really have to hope because what we're hoping for, we're feeling at the moment. It's a better life. Like we live in a better, it's a life perfected on how God intended when we come in contact with God's presence. Right? Like when you're living in that presence, you're in a place of peace and joy. When we see this joy that the shepherds have, it was uncontainable. They wanted everyone they came encounter with to encounter Jesus. It's like an overwhelming thing, right? If you can think back on like, man, when I first came to know Christ, when I felt being in his presence, there was nothing that could control my uh, like joy that was for Christ. And if anyone has experienced that joy, all you want to do is share it to other people. You know, I can, this is a, a bad story maybe to, to compare it to, but I can remember uh, when I was a kid, me and my brother wanted a go-kart so bad. Like when I say we wanted one so bad, it was like a full year of dreaming of this go-kart. Like we wanted this thing like no other. And I remember Christmas morning came, there was no big package, there was no, you know, uh, go-kart in the yard, and the hope was dwindling, but we still had like hope. We're like, maybe, just maybe we're getting a go-kart. Me and my brother are probably like, 12, 13, 14, 15, around that age. And I remember my dad goes, well, hey, I want you guys to check out something in the garage. And dude, you know, the hope starts bubbling. You're like, oh my goodness. Is it could be what it is. We opened the door to our garage and this little bitty go-kart was sitting there. I mean, it was so tiny. And I was like, oh, thanks, dad. And dad was like, how do you guys like it? I'm like, oh, it's cool. Thanks, man. Me and my brother just like looking at each other like there's no way we could even fit in this thing. Like maybe one of us is squeezed in. He's like, well, I know it looks small, but let's just open the garage and see if you guys like, like drive it around. Open the garage. And as the garage starts coming up, you start seeing the wheels. You start seeing the frame. And the best, like the everything I ever hoped for in a go-kart was waiting right there. He had bought this small one for my sister, and me and my brother got this, like, just souped up, ready to go. I remember driving in our pajamas on that go-kart, because there's no way you could have gotten us to change. It was like the coldest. This is Mississippi, which is not very cold, but it was like 20 degrees. I remember we were hitting water, like, soaking wet, freezing, and all I could think about, man, was like, this was the happiest day of my life. Like, everything I hoped for was in that Christmas present. And I'm not trying to say that, that that was a fickle happiness, right? I don't care about that go-kart anymore. But there's something to think about, like, when you're so ingrained in, in, in God, when, joy, when God put his joy in your life, when you've come in presence with God, we are searching for that. We want the peace and joy that only God can provide because that can't be taken away. It's something holy. It's not as fickle as happiness. It's a place of complete satisfaction, security, and love when we come into God's presence. We see the Savior come down. We see the hope of salvation is here. If I'm speaking about something that seems foreign to you, something that like, maybe you're like, I don't think I've ever even experienced that. Like, I don't even know, like, way, like, I hear you talking, but I just cannot relate. 
I truly ask you that you would look into your life and be like, have I experienced God's grace? Have I experienced the joy of Jesus? And it's not always, you know, going to be flowers and daisies. I don't even think that's a saying, but I can't come up with another saying that's like it. Like flowers and daisies are both flowers. Is there another saying that I'm missing? Flowers and butterflies? Rainbows and butterflies? Maybe that's what I was looking for. There's something with flowers. Something has daisies in it, I know. It may be a Mississippi saying, and maybe we don't know the difference between daisies and flowers. So, But as, as much as I would love for our lives to be rainbows and butterflies, flowers and daisies all the time, everyone in here knows it's not the truth. It, unfortunately, you know, life takes a turn, multiple turns, to be honest. You know, fear, pain, and suffering, which Josh talked a bit about last week, it's very real. It can hit us from all sides at the worst timing. You know, I mentioned how earlier how painful holidays can be for some of us. It's so tough seeing people alone for the holidays. It's tough seeing people on the streets for the holidays with nowhere to go. I remember one Christmas, I spent Christmas alone. Like, Elva was gone with her family. My family was gone. Does the other family? And I was working every day but Christmas Day. And I remember, like, I can handle it. Whatever. Like, y'all go do your thing. I remember waking up on Christmas morning and be like, this is the worst. Like, my favorite holiday. I'm sitting there, like, with nothing, you know? I don't wish that on anyone. Man, as much as I love Christmas, man, does it hurt when I'm sitting around the table with my family. We finally all get together. And then I notice my sister isn't there. Like, what she might be like today. To some of you who haven't felt this type of loss, it might be like a bit weird to think about, like holiday season not being just a season filled with joy and hope and love and happiness. But for some of you, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. A gap, memories of what used to be, and ideas of what would have been. This can bring up pain. It can bring up fear. And it's times like these that you need to have to know what that joy is of Jesus, to have the hope that life can be better, to have a hope that life can be full again, to have the hope and the recall on that experience with Jesus and to know that Jesus has a life for you that is meant for more, that a time, that there will be a time that you can come to know, that you can be with Jesus, you can come and not experience that pain, knowing what that joy feels like and hoping for it. I mentioned uh, Hunger Games earlier. There's a quote from this guy named Snow, uh, he's an evil ruler, not like the beautiful snow we have here. He says, hope is the only thing stronger than fear. A little hope is effective. A lot of hope is dangerous. Man, I want dangerous hope. I want my hope, my joy, my faith in Christ to be dangerous to everything bad in my life. Like I want to be armed with everything that is good from Christ to go against everything that is bad that comes from this world. I want to know that there's a future Jesus has for me that is so much better, where there won't be pain of not knowing who my sister would have been today, where every tear is wiped away because I'm with my Jesus. I can tell you all about these things. I, you can read about Jesus. You can even experience, you can believe, be saved, and know Christ, and still find it hard to hope. Hope is a spiritual discipline that we can grow. I really love this idea that, jo that God has put on Josh's heart for dwell about how we can pursue hope, how we can become more hopeful. 
We should desire to grow our hope in Jesus. In verse 18, we see uh, all, it says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in, her, in their heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and pra- praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. What I love about verses 18 and 19, you see the shepherds who can't contain it. They're like, I'm telling everybody. Like a bunch of good old smelly boys who are out there with the sheep, walking around everyone going, guys, you've got to go to this manger to where these goats and cows are because the Savior is here. And they're like, you're a sheep person. You know, like, like, but no, like they can't contain it. Like, I got to tell everyone that the Savior is here. These things that like, this like distant thing we've been hoping for that people have kind of mentioned that a Savior might come. It is here. He is here. He is in this manger, which seems crazy. I know, but we just had this heavenly serade. Everyone must know that now we have a hope of salvation. The Savior is here. Now we just hope that salvation is coming through that Savior. But Mary, she treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. How beautiful is that? Like you see Mary who has Jesus and just went through this this challenge and she sees these shepherds come who just tell them that these angels appeared and like the Savior's here. And Mary just treasures these. She ponders them. Like how beautiful. Do you want to know how do you become more helpful? You dwell on Jesus. You treasure Jesus. Dwell on the things Jesus has done. Read scripture, dwell on them, treasure scripture. Think back in your life, what has Jesus done for your life? Dwell on it. Think on the joy when you first repented and were saved and you felt the love of Christ, the grace of Christ. Dwell on it, treasure it. Desire to know him and be with him so much that you cannot help but become more hopeful for the day that you are with him. Mary intentionally focused on this. She intentionally treasured what Jesus had done in her life. You know, I'm learning more and more the value of hope. I look back at my life. I think about how hope in Jesus, hope in a better life, has pulled me through some of the darkest times. I can vividly remember the first Christmas after Abby passed away. We just escaped Christmas. Like, my family and my parents were like, we're not going to be here for Christmas. We're going to go And we had friends who actually, I think, initiated the idea. They're like, we want to take y'all somewhere and get away from your house. We went to the mountains. We went skiing. It was a great time. I remember we were with friends. It was so fun and all these things. And I remember Christmas morning, we went skiing. And we came back around, you know, right after lunch. And it, like, hit us like a wrecking ball. It was like, you're not escaping it anymore. And I remember everyone in the house was, you know, thinking about Abby, having this tough, like, just at the rock bottom, it felt like. And I remember all that we had was hope. That was literally it. Every, if there was a positive thing that came out from anybody's mouth, it was like, we can hope that there will be a day that we are reunited. We can hope that Jesus has, uh, the, that we can, in Jesus, remove this pain from our life one day. It's all we had. I can tell you the most painful times in lives are survived by the hope of the ease of suffering. That my hope in Jesus is more powerful than the fear and the pain of what this world will aim and target you with. Jesus is more. The joy of Christ can survive any of the pain that this world can send it your way. And the hope 
of experiencing that joy, the hope of remembering that joy, the hope of what Jesus has for you and, and the love that he wants for you and the life that he wants for you will bring you through the toughest of times. It's not always rainbows and daisies. I'll make my own there. But I can tell you in the good times and in the bad times, Hope is something we should dwell on. We should dwell on becoming hopeful in the day that we go and be reunited with our Creator. Thanks for listening. We hope it brought you closer to Jesus and more in touch with the world around you. Being a Christian in today's culture can be hard. Fortunately, He gives us the gift of community through His church. So we would love to invite you to join us for one of our Sunday morning gatherings or for one of our weekly small groups. All the details you need can be found on our website, dwelldenver.org.